Welcome to Coffee with Jamie, a show about how to get unstuck from some of life's stickiest stuff, like burnout, divorce, loss, and more. Here is your host, Jamie Finney. Good morning. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? All right. Well, it's another episode of Coffee with Jamie. I'm doing A-OK today. Um, So yeah, I want to say thank you for joining me. This is a show about getting unstuck. I'm your host, Jamie Finney. And uh, boy, you know, I, I right before, like literally seconds before we went live here, this is recorded live. I have a, a kitty. We have some rescue kitties in our house. I don't know if you can hear her in the background or if it's quiet enough, um, but she is on a meowing rampage. She's just meow, 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 meow. <laughs> anyway, so I got a little distracted there from my normal opening. <laughs> but all right, but we're real. It sounds like she's quieted down. She's found whatever it was she was looking for. And uh, wow, good morning, cats. <laughs> so, all right. Awesome. All right. So, um, I think I mentioned last week on the last episode that I've I've had a couple of wild weeks on the personal slash work side of things. And um, I do plan to get to that with you next week to close out season one. But this week, I want to focus on one more listener email that came in. So today on episode 11, I think the overarching theme is going to be perseverance. Um, And I really believe that even though my six steps for getting unstuck may not specifically state the word perseverance, in my mind, it's a theme that's sort of built in. So I I think we're going to dig into that a bit in one of my roundabout ways. (laughs) We'll we'll get to it. But before we get to the heavy stuff, let's answer that question. What kind of coffee are we having with Jamie this morning? So I'm going to share with you what I'm having. I'd love for you to tell me what you're having. Um, And all my contact info is going to be shared at the end of the show here. And so, uh, yeah, well, today, today I'm drinking Death Wish coffee. And this is actually inspired by a Twitter friend, a friend on Twitter, handle at archimage, all one word, um, shared with me the kind of coffee he was having. So um, it is a Death Wish coffee. The brand is called Death Wish Coffee. And my friend on Twitter shared the dark roast. I'm actually having the medium roast Keurig. They, they call them the death cups. And I really like this blend, I have to say. Um, the dark roast is amazing too, but I find the, med- the medium blend to be a little smoother and most excellent if you're having multiple cups a day, like I almost always do. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm going with the Death Wish Coffee medium blend today. So medium roast. I, I really like that one. I said blend. I think it's roast. Roast is the proper term. Anyway. All right. All right. And then my mug memory. What is the mug? I love having the mug memory to share with you. This one, it's a nice blue mug. I believe we received this one from Ken's sister. Um, And so it's the color is kind of like if I held a Crayola crayon up to it, I would say this one is sort of a cornflower blue. I always liked that crayon. Anyway, so it's... um, And the size is one of two that I have in this sort of perfect 
large handhold size. The other one I shared a few weeks back is the exact same size as my Swift by Northwest mug that I featured. Um, yeah, a few weeks back. But this one, this one is our Take Me to the Lake mug. It says that in a nice little typeface and it's got some crisscrossed oars, you know, like boat oars paddles. Um, and I love this mug. So what this does is it says, take me to the lake. And this mug does exactly that for me in a memory sense. It's um, his family is great with sending us mugs, by the way, but this isn't only a reminder of the home where Ken and his family, where Ken grew up. Um, but it's, it's where I've been lucky enough to take my kiddos to visit with Ken many times pre-pandemic, but um, it's a reminder of how tranquil it feels every time to have a nice cup of coffee from the back deck at Ken's parents' house. I love waking up nice and early, the air is crisp, sitting with my little laptop, writing, having my cup of coffee. And so this, this little blue mug takes me right there to those moments. And I, it's a really nice memory to have. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take that one and I'll, I'll post a, a photo of this one on my coffee with Jamie Instagram. If you'd like to see that mug, the mugs that I mention each week in each episode, I'll do that for you. I even posted my, um, last week I had my Dutch brothers paper cup. So I even shared that one with you just so you could see what that was all about. Anyway. All right. So last week on episode 10, we ran through quite a range of listener emails. And I thought that'd be kind of interesting to bundle those together in more of a rapid fire Q&A style. It was a lot of fun for me to kind of run through things in a different format in a different way. And the show is all about experimenting for me. Um, and even with sometimes like heavier topics, I, I think it's important to play with the format. And so I felt like we kind of covered a range last week. It was lighter stuff. And, you know, episode nine, we got a little heavier and I think today gets a little heavier. And so I like kind of playing with that. But if you listened to episode 10, the one with lots of questions and answers, let me know how that felt on the listener side of things. Your feedback helps me shape what comes next. So if there's going to be an episode or a season two of Coffee with Jamie, I'd really love your feedback on, on you know, format, what you've heard so far, what works, what doesn't. As a listener, you know, somebody who's just talking into the microphone, sometimes it's really hard to gauge what's working and what's not. I do have listener stats. Those are super helpful. But um, what's cool is it's been a nice, steady but slow little incline week after week. So the listenership has gone up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being there. But um, you know, it's hard to know what's resonating with the listeners, what's what's meeting you where you're at. And so your feedback would be extraordinarily helpful. All right. And with that, I'm going to I'm going to dig into this really um, heartfelt listener email. I do want to press preface this one with a note that. This listener, it's not the first one to bring up this topic with me. Um, I was really honored to receive this one in a shareable email form because several of the other conversations that I've had along 
this topic have been more like one-off conversations or, or just like quick banter um, and not really delivered in a share on the show format. And so I guess in addition to this being somewhat a recurring theme that I've experienced, you know, with, with uh, friends and new friends and commenters of the show in recent months, it's one I can relate to from some of my own past experience as well. So let's, let's get to it. Um, listener Sylvia B, who gave me permission to use first name, last and initial. Thank you, Sylvia. Sylvia writes, Hey, Jamie. You were asking for emails about being stuck, and I've got one that's taken me a while to work up the courage to write down. I went through a divorce a few years ago after eight years of marriage. Even though I was the one that asked for the divorce, it really wiped me out in more ways than one. Most of the years we were married, I was made to feel small and incapable of standing on my own two feet. I know that's not true, but the emotional and financial tolls have been like dragging heavy bags of sand through deep water with no way to put the bags down. I know if I stop moving, I'll drown. But right now, I just feel stuck, stuck carrying this weight, knowing I can't stop but running out of energy. I guess this is why it was so hard to write down. Is there hope for the drowning? Ugh. All right, Sylvia. Wow. So um, I feel like that one really, you know, I've, I've read it before, but reading it aloud on the show really strikes me emotionally. So bear with me and gather my emotions. You never know how this stuff is going to strike, right? So I, I can't thank you enough for opening up with such a raw email, Sylvia. Um, so I guess let's answer your your closing question. Is there hope for the drowning? I am one of those people, Sylvia, that believes there's always hope. So I'm just going to say yes. Yes, there's hope. I do believe that even, you know, if it's my little six steps, I feel, I feel like those are a really useful key. But since I've offered those in earlier episodes and I feel like I'm knowing that you've made it this far through the season... Um, and rather than recap what we've covered in greater depth on episodes one through seven, I want to use this episode to put out some other thoughts for you to consider. And then we'll see if we can bring it back around and tie it you know, together with those six steps to keep it relevant. Okay. All right. So, so bear with me. All right. My responses always take... Um, kind of a story detours before connecting to the steps or useful tools. So bear with me. Um, as I've done in, in past episodes, I'm going to reference a movie. And this one may feel light considering the email that you just sent, but please know that I do this with utmost respects and in hope of connecting through the themes that, um, that I'm pulling out. Okay. So the movie that I'm going to reference is the 2003 animated movie, Finding Nemo. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie, spoilers are going to happen a little bit. Um, so from this point forward, so if you do what you need to do, if you don't want Finding Nemo to be spoiled for you. All right. All right. All right. So first theme, first theme that I'd like to focus on, let's call it outside your comfort zone. Um, so for Marlon, 
He's one of the main characters in Finding Nemo. He's the papa fish in the movie. He's lost his son and, you know, his son goes missing and um, he's got to get him back. And so um, sometimes going outside our comfort zone is overwhelming and heavy. And I'm starting with this theme because based on the information I have from your letter, requesting a divorce was a very big push outside your comfort zone. And, you know, from my own divorce experience, I think it's safe to say whether you initiated the divorce or not. Um, And even in the most civil of partings, divorce is a very big move outside an established comfort zone. And, you know, you mentioned eight years, Um, eight years. That's a long time. That's a very long time to establish sort of a comfort zone. And so, you know, I think huge acknowledgement to taking that step and doing what you believe was healthier for you. You mentioned in your letter, the emotional and financial toll. So I want to break those apart a little bit on the emotional side of things. uh, Trauma of all kinds takes time to navigate. And I, I think, I think we're equipped mentally to navigate you know, our ability to navigate trauma, it varies from person to person. Um, I, I do know in my own experiences with both loss and divorce, it, it truly didn't occur to me to seek professional help. Um, I relied a lot on the tools that I had um, that I had developed over you know time and through a lot of the stories that I've shared on this show in previous episodes. I, um, I, relied on a lot of self-driven research um, through books, through the internet, um, you know, looking at people who inspire me and trying to find trying to find sources of inspiration in the best possible way. And I, I do want to say that like sometimes searching on the internet can be a tricky place to get good and constructive in information. And I think by default, I tend to look for the good and I kind of tend to push out the bad. Um, just, I think that's a default nature thing for me. And maybe it came with a lot of practice, but I do want to throw out the idea though, Sylvia, of, of professional help. Um, because just in case, just like me, you know, if if you're so used to handling things on your own, you know, it generally it, maybe it never never occurred to you like like it it did not for me. And so, you know, it came from a, a genuine place of just not even thinking about getting professional help. But um, navigating trauma really does rely on the tools you have and the ones that you're willing to add to your toolkit. And often we acquire these tools by being forced outside our comfort zone. And I I think if I could go back and do it over again, yes, I've kind of found my way through a lot of things. I still have never had professional help um, in that way. But I think if I could go back to where I was in some of my darkest moments, I, I might actually change that path. I might actually seek professional help. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, you know, on the the emotional side, I think that that's a good one. But also on the financial side, you know, I, I sent an email out to you, Sylvia, with a few questions to kind of better understand your individual situation. Um, because this is one I don't like to be overly presumptuous with. My own family, as I was growing up, experienced a lot of financial stress. And 
you know, my parents, I watched this sort of oscillation between feast and famine. My dad didn't care one single bit about money. You know, he was in it to, he, he made good money when he made money, when he didn't, he knew he'd figure it out eventually. And then my mom, you know, she cared deeply about the security of, of warmth and shelter that money allowed her to provide for her kids, you know? And so this is a very, um, and she had come from a, you know, a life of scarcity and struggle. And as did my dad, you know, they, they came from these different similar, but different mindsets um, when it came to financial security. And I find as an adult, I've felt both. I've felt the feast and the famine, um, but the fear and concern that my mom felt were deeply ingrained in me. So throughout most of my adult life, I, I became a very good saver. And I, I think that was compounded by my love for like freelance work and side projects. And, you know, I, I always did that kind of stuff in parallel to most jobs I held. I still, I, I still don't focus on one singular thing. You know, I, I have multiple plates spinning at all times. I think that's I don't know. It's normal for some and not for others, but yeah, that's kind of how I operate. But I know my ability to work now in my 40s is not the same as it was in my 20s or my 30s. Um, I'm much more mentally exhausted now by events in my own life um, and events in the world around us. And I know that I'm most definitely not alone in this type of mental exhaustion um, it might be one of the things I read and hear about more than anything else. But, you know, I think back, back to the point of, of the outside your comfort zone theme, um, emotional and financial toolkits can be developed no matter where you're at. And I want to say this with utmost respect for the gravity of reality that you were like inside right now, Sylvia, that sometimes the things that force us out of our comfort zone are the biggest opportunities for growth. And, you know, I, I again, like I find it very encouraging that you found my little show here. I, I hope upon all hopes that it's helping provide some tools for you and that they're, that they're useful and that they'll help break you free of what feels like a never ending slog. Um, you know, I think finding those tools, whether financial or emotional, and I think those two are very closely related often. I think having financial security can um, lead to more emotional, you know, stability. And I think financial trauma has certainly been some of the most emotionally um, trying times in my life. You're stressed out, you're concerned about food, you're concerned about electricity. You know, I mean, there's a warmth providing for, for me, I have kids. I don't, I didn't ask them, you, you know, if you have kids, but still there's, you know, taking care of yourself with kids or without, there's um, a lot to deal with there. And so I think, you know, it's, there's this kind of push and pull when it comes to being inside and outside of your comfort zone, when you're in it, it kind of feels overwhelming and it's hard to get out of it. Um, you know, I think sometimes life is straight up relentless 
and we go long, long stretches without catching a break. But the strength that it took you, Sylvia, to write the email that you wrote to me, that in addition to the divorce, you know, that you, you, um, that you took on, you know, underwent, um, it took pushing yourself outside a comfort zone. And there is massive growth and change that comes with actions like that. Uh, I think there's a great big world outside our comfort zone. And I think the Nemo movie kind of really, um, you know, it exposed Marlin to a bigger world. It exposed Nemo to a bigger world. Um, whether, you know, Nemo, it was kind of out of his control. He was captured and taken somewhere else. And Marlin had to go find him. And both of them were taken outside a comfort zone and exposed to the world in new ways and had to navigate it in different ways. And I think that, that, you know, kind of coming back to the, the bigger world outside our comfort zone is a world of goals. It's a world of dreams and hopes and sometimes just survival. But these, um, I feel like these are things that, that map back to my step two, which is big, bulky desires. Um, you know, it, it's important to have those things, but I think that I say big, bulky desires and maybe survival doesn't feel like it should belong on that list, but I think it just depends on the relevance of where you're at, right? Um, maybe it does. And maybe our big, bulky desires are day-to-day, you know, survival, and that's okay. Um, it's got to be where you're at. You got to deal with where you're at. <laughs> so, But also, okay, things that are stopping you or holding you back, um, emotional, financial tolls. Uh, I think that your letter to me is a form of confess and address as well. And sometimes it takes getting this stuff outside us in order to really see it, to be able to look at it and examine it almost as if it's someone else's obstacle. I know for me, in my own mind, I don't know if um, I've never really asked anybody. I was like, how do you see things? Like when you write down things that you're stuck on, for example, for me, like I, I get a visual association with that of myself. It allows me to kind of reposition myself with the things that I'm writing, almost like a separation. So I, I always see myself, like the visual picture I get in my mind is me looking down at those things very much like I would look at puzzle pieces on a table if I were working through a puzzle. So for me, that perception of separating myself from the challenges allows me to move, maneuver around them, just like I'm working through a really big and really challenging puzzle. And so like, I, I feel like writing it down is a big piece of that. It gets it you know, it separates it from you, uh, you know, in a very literal sense, it gets it out of your head, out into the world. And it gives you the opportunity to separate from it in, in just a way that allows you to maybe reframe it and give you a little space from it. And I don't know about you, but like, it's often easier to, I, I, I'm going to use my sister, my sister, bear with me, please. If you're listening to this, take this with love, but like sometimes, you know, my sister will be in a relationship and 
it's always easy to see from the outside. Ooh, I don't like this. I don't like how that's going. And, you know, if she asks, of course, I'm willing to be like, yeah, I don't think he's treating you right. And this is why or whatever. But like, ultimately, it comes down the, the, the closing advice I always give on a relationship thing is you always have to weigh the good with the bad, right? Like if the, if the negative, you know, the benefits that you get from that relationship outweigh the good, then it's time to reconsider, you know, and figure out if you need to move things around or if it's time to move on. And I think Sylvia, you, you did that in your relationship, right? Like you realized that things were, the negative was outweighing the positive and it was time to move on. And I think in a lot of ways, like you writing down this, this email that you sent to me is another step in that direction. Like, you know, I, I, I want to say that you feel stuck right now, but you're moving. Like I see it. You know, So just like when I say that about my sister, like it's so easy from the outside, right. To, to give advice and say, Oh, this is what's wrong. But for my sister, when she's in it, you know, um, she might feel something you know, this doesn't feel right, but I'm in this relationship. I'm committed to trying to make it work and, and I'm going to work through it, but it's also, it's just a lot harder to see when you're in it. Right. So that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make there. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's it. Right. So pushing yourself outside the comfort zone is one of the big themes that I get from finding Nemo that I feel like relates to your situation, you are pushing yourself outside your comfort zone and it's hard. It's a really hard reality to be in. Um, You know, you talk about emotional and financial. Those are both massive things to work through, but by continuing to push those boundaries and uh, of comfort, you are going to grow through them. You're going to, you're already moving through them. You know, you're reaching out and you're asking for help. And um, I, I just think I can't help but to see nothing but optimistic outlook here, you know, um, despite that, oh, that like heart-wrenching description of that you gave us of carrying these two sandbags through water, like, uh, but in, and drowning, you know, that you feel like you're drowning. You don't know if you've got much left in you. And that brings me to the second theme that I extract from finding Nemo, which is you are not alone. Um, you know, I, I do tend to be a lot like Marlon, um, Nemo's dad. Sometimes I think I can get to be sort of a comfortable curmudgeon. And I really have to push myself to have new experiences or try new things in new ways. Now, on one hand, like I do things like this show to push my own boundaries, right? And to experiment. And by doing this, I it gives me the opportunity to connect with people who choose to share their stories back with me. Um, you know, I've I've had some email exchanges with someone who's been kind of following and championing my stuff since we discovered 2013, our exchanges go back all the way to at least 2013. So I think that's amazing. Right. And it's, it's the stuff that like, by putting myself out there, um, you get this exchange. Right. And so, um, okay. So yes, comfortable curmudgeon. Let me focus on that for a second. So like making new friends for one, for me, it's one of those things that it's, hard. It's hard. And I 
as a comfortable curmudgeon, sometimes I think I don't need new friends, you know? Um, so for Marlon, it took a major traumatic event to get him to get outside his comfort zone. And then once he did, he wasn't super eager to like make new friends about it. He just, he started his journey alone, relying on himself, but he didn't get very far before he had to start asking for help. Have you seen this little fish? I'm looking for this little fish. And, you know, some people are helpful and some people are not. And, um, you know, I I've heard myself say aloud at least once that I'm not sure I need any new friends at this point in my life because I like the ones I have and making new friends is hard and uncomfortable. And I figure I've got plenty. I don't need anymore, but I will tell you that, um, I actually very recently made a new friend and during this client work project that, you know, it was unexpected and made the whole project a lot better. We had a lot of similarities and experiences and assessment of situations, but we also brought different life experiences to the table. We brought different viewpoints and questions and thoughts and ideas that I'm quite certain neither of us would have arrived at hundred percent on our own. We helped and supported each other through some looking back, let's just call it wild and unbelievable stuff <laughs> um, in a very short period of time. And when stuff like this happens, you know, when you enter a new chapter of life, sometimes I go through a chapter, you know, a really wild experience, like the, the last three or four months of doing client work again, after many years of not doing client work. And, you know, sometimes I think, what was I thinking? What was that all about, Jamie? What were you doing? And, and sometimes I, I get to the close of a chapter, you know, a really clear indicator that, okay, it's time to move on from that and on to the next thing. And you look back to kind of you know, the way they call it postmortem, right? In projects, you you look back, do an assessment. What did we learn? What went well? What went wrong? How could I do better next time? And I look at this last chapter and I think maybe the whole reason for that chapter was to meet this one person who I think I'll be, I will be in touch with, you know, if I have anything to do with it, I'm going to be friends with this woman for the rest of my life. This woman was amazing. And, um, I just, I'm so excited that I made a new friend through this weird, chaotic project. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I think, you know, sometimes I feel like, like the entire reason for some of the chapters we experience in our lives is specifically so our paths will cross with like maybe one specific person who adds this phenomenal value to your life. And you don't realize it while you're in it, but after the fact, you kind of look back and go, wow. I don't know if that's really how life works, but that's how I choose to see it. Um, but you know, you never know what you're gonna encounter, right? Like what's gonna unfold by this concept of like you're not alone. And you know, I think in finding Nemo, it's kind of like like you're not alone, Marlin. You're not alone, Nemo. Both of them were able to find external resources that helped propel them forward in their journey of reuniting. You know, Nemo needed to get home. He ends up in a little fish tank and he makes friends there who are going to help him make a break for it, you know? And, and then Marlon is traveling across the ocean, you know, to, to this massive ocean. And he meets people, um, we'll call them people, meets creatures who help him. And they're unexpected. 
And yes, there are obstacles and dangers along the way. There are times when it feels hopeless, but you know, <laughs> he's, he's putting his story out there. And by sharing his story, people are able to respond. Um, I want to share kind of a, a little, a little side derail from that, but um, the coffee doodles I do, right. I've been doing these coffee doodles for years. I've tried pens before, but I always kind of go back to pencils. I, I tend to use like a mechanical pencil and then like a good drawing pencil, depending on what kind of lines I need to make. Um, but someone sent me a fountain pen recently um, through my contact information there. They, they mailed to me a little uh, kit and with the kit was a fountain pen. I've never used a fountain pen that I can recall. And so what I decided to do was look at my coffee doodles in a new and different way, inspired by the receiving of this fountain pen. So the fountain pen, it's hard, but doing it for just a few days already stirred up some very small, but new ways of doing things. Um, you know, now by doing it a couple of days and having like less than exciting results in my doodles, which I did share on my Instagram, my coffee with Jamie Instagram, but like, it's inspired me now. Like I want to try playing with pressure and angles of this fountain pen. Like what happens if, you know, I try this, I want to experiment with line weight and, and maybe even mixing pencil and fountain pen and, and, you know, these experiments will result in a different end product, but they also result in play and playfulness. They open my mind in a new way. They result in learning and shaking things up a bit. And that's what I think, you know, like there's the the first theme of getting outside your comfort zone, but then also remembering that you're not alone. And if you're able to put your stuff out there so that people can respond to it, yes, on one hand, you make yourself vulnerable. There are some really mean people out there and you do want to protect yourself from that to a certain degree. My response is, you know, delete. Like if I get something that that hits me wrong, because like I, I do think, you know, there's always somebody who's going to say something negative. And for whatever reason, I, I don't know if this is human nature or what, but you can receive a thousand amazing complimentary comments when you put your stuff out into the world and then you'll get one slightly negative like i didn't like your tone or whatever it could be completely you know whatever like not everything is going to meet everyone where they're at not everything is going to work for everyone and some people feel compelled to let you know right <laughs> there's always going to be those people but my response something that i feel like i've learned through the practice of picture this clothing um, you know, managing social media for picture this clothing, we received so much hate. Like in addition to, you know, we got millions of viral and positive things, right? By being out there, you open yourself up and expose yourself to a lot of things, but you also, you get a lot of positive stuff, but you're also going to get the hate. What I learned to practice over time is to just ignore it. And I know that Sometimes that's a lot easier to say than to do. It did wear on me over time. Even just muting people and deleting people is exhausting and it does wear on you over time. So sometimes you have to like step back completely. Um, but, you know, like the practice of managing that has helped me um, learn how and where my boundaries are, when to push past the boundaries and when to kind of um, withdraw a little, you know? So I guess 
all of this is to say, Sylvia, that no matter how alone you might feel, you are not alone. There are people going through similar experiences and pains who, if they're aware of your story, um, they're going to connect with you through your story. If, if you know, and that's where I guess this kind of relates to um, action-packed step five of six in my little st- six-step process. So, like, action-packed is about like putting something out there and kind of making a commitment to follow through on it, and and maybe you know in the spirit of you're not alone, sometimes putting ourselves out there the way that you did Sylvia with your email to me, um, you not only put it out there for me directly, but you gave me permission to put your story out here on this show with the like seven people who listen to this show. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's huge because I do know from some of the other feedback I've received from people who listen to this show there are people who are going through similar things. There are people who have gone through divorce, who are struggling financially and, you know, very, very specific things. And over time, like I would love to cultivate a community where folks like you, Sylvia, and some of the other listeners who are experiencing this exact same sort of trauma can connect with each other and help each other through that. Um, you know, at, at one point, Tiny Challenges had its own Slack channel. And then I, over time, got overwhelmed by Slack and decided to just delete Slack from my life, <laughs> even though there were some really positive um, pieces to Slack. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore at the time. I had to identify my boundaries and 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 re- redefine them in a way that met me where I was at. And so when we launched Picture This and there was all the social stuff and it was just another layer of overwhelm for me that I had to shut down. And so I did. But maybe, you know, there's an, another way for me to cultivate a community like that. Again, to bring people like you together with other people experiencing much more similar um, experiences than maybe even me because it's not you know this isn't just about me this is bigger than me this is we all get stuck we all go through really really traumatic trying things in life but people approach things differently and yeah i guess you know putting my experiences out into the world whether it's silly or small or deep and painful it's really helped me connect with people who have gone through similar types of experiences and and to share their stories with me just like you did and you know, sometimes that information comes back as advice and I'm not always ready to receive advice, but I get to control how I receive things. So I make a very conscious effort to process it as I need to process it. And, um, you know, I think again, like that kind of goes back to that practice that I've had from picture this. Right. And so I don't know, I, I process it in the way that I need to the way that I need it to be handled in that particular instance and depending on what I'm going through in that particular moment. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's somebody giving advice. Sometimes it's a person just vulnerably sharing their heavy stuff in exchange for what I've put out there. And, you know, sometimes we relate and connect over this stuff. Sometimes we connect over where we're still stuck. Sometimes we're able to exchange different tools and methods and and thoughts and ideas that have worked for us in working through particular details. Um, And so that's where that, that action packed thing, I think really comes uh, into play as, as hard and 
heavy as things are and feel when we're inside them, I think it's important to see and acknowledge the opportunity of letting people into your life. Um, I think your letter to me, Sylvia, is it's just such a beautiful example of doing exactly that. And I, I want to encourage you, you know, you're on the right path by doing that. It's hard. You know, you expressed that it was difficult for you to even write it down. But by doing that, you know, you're you're separating yourself from it. You're giving other people an opportunity to look at it. And even when things are vulnerable or feel embarrassing, like I think it's okay to put it, we make mistakes. We mess up in massive ways. Like in addition to just going through life stuff, sometimes we mess, we mess up, right? Like there's different experiences that we bring things on ourselves sometimes unbeknownst to us until after the fact, right? But I think, you know, there's, there's such a beauty in putting things out there, whether, you know, whether it's, it is small, silly, embarrassing, um, deep, painful, whatever it is, you know, I think Marlon, our little movie character, fish, our Papa fish, he met a lot of interesting characters along his way. And the fact that each of them were able to move him forward in his journey in some way or other, even the ones who don't help, right? They steer him in another direction. Okay. Nobody's seen him here. Got to go this way. Um, even Dory with her lack of memory, you know, <laughs> it's like, but she asks great questions and she has lots of little nuggets that help, you know, there's our, our new friends with interesting character traits. But I think the point here is that new friends, new stories, experiences, it can bring new inspirations and, and new and fresh energy. Making space for people in our lives can bring a new way of looking at things and new ways of solving problems. And so while I may not have all the answers, you know, I have definitely found these six steps that work for me. And there's a lot of ways to like pull in things to reconnect to those six things. But it, it's really, you know, I think there's such beauty in putting yourself out there outside your comfort zone and then you know kind of opening yourself up to whatever may happen um i i feel like you're on such a good path of doing that sylvia and i i just want to keep i, I want to encourage you to keep doing that to keep on that path all right and then this kind of brings me you know i mentioned dory from the movie <laughs> finding nemo so if you know the movie Finding Nemo, you knew this one was coming, but the theme is just keep swimming. So um, I want to start this one by saying sometimes I think the interpretation of things like just keep swimming come off as don't stop, keep going, you can do it. And sometimes just the positivity alone can actually feel overwhelming. And this is something I run into kind of a lot. I tend to be a pretty positive person. I've experienced a lot of, you know, like gut punches in life, but I approach them with positivity. And, you know, I was, I remember back speaking of comments uh, from the, the last theme, we talked about the comments from picture this, right. But like, um, for a while I was experimenting with YouTube videos and I do have a YouTube channel that I, I plan to continue growing over time. 
in combination with this podcast. Um, but for now, it's a bunch of old stuff that I was experimenting with where, you know, it was like 4 a.m. in my garage, terrible lighting. And I think somebody made the comment, like, you look like you're being held hostage, which made me laugh. I I do. <laughs> I acknowledge that. Um, and then, you know, there was one where somebody made the comment, who is this like over sugared pixie woman or something like that. Like, I can't remember the exact words, but I was like, wow, over sugared. That actually might be really accurate, but it kind of hurt. You know, it was like, oh, like my enthusiasm, my enthusiasm and positivity might actually be very annoying for some people. And I I can acknowledge that, you know, my response to that at the time was like, wow, like, no, I'm not always like this. Like I, you know, we capture these moments on the internet to try to like put our positive foot forward or make things, you know, like maybe it's, it's all, it's the highlight reel, right? We've talked about that in previous episodes, but it, you know, it's for me, like there's enough negativity in the world out there already without me contributing to it. So the things that I put out into the world, I make a very conscious effort to have a little bit of positive energy and hopefully a positive spin, even when we're addressing like deep, dark life stuff, like what you're going through, Sylvia, I I think that there's some positivity to put behind it. That said, I do know that even for me, sometimes the positivity of like, just keep swimming, you know, can be really hard. It can be really hard. It doesn't always meet me where I'm at. And so I think sometimes you just need to stop and feel for a minute. And, you know, I feel like just keep swimming the way I interpret it is not like, don't stop. (laughs) You can do it. The way I interpret it is a lot more like go the distance, which is my um, step six of six, right? Go the distance. I take from the, the reference comes from the movie Rocky, where Rocky didn't win the fight at the end. But he he gave all he could, and at the end, he was still standing. So for him, that was a win. But he defined for himself what success would look like in this instance. And so winning for him wasn't the, you know, the fight judges to declare Rocky's the winner. The, the win for him was, I'm still standing. I am not fighting any longer, but I'm still standing at the end of this round, you know, of these 12 or 13 rounds. And, you know, like it's who I think the beauty there is that, you know, Rocky defined it for himself. You can define what success looks like for you. You can define what just keep swimming means for you. Um, You know, I, my sister and I, I mentioned my sister uh, a lot in this episode, I think just because she was just here visiting me from New Mexico last week. So we got to do a lot of catching up. And so she's fresh in my mind. But um, my sister and I, we have a lot of very similar life experiences. You know, we both lost our brother. We both lost both of our parents. Um, and we talk, we've talked a lot about how we've always kind of had to be strong and keep going. And, you know, my sister, she was pregnant with her first child when our mom passed away. My sister was a college student and, um, you know, surprise pregnancy. And our mom was so excited and so supportive. And, and our dad was actually very supportive as well, but we were never as close with our dad. Right. But my sister was five months pregnant when our mom passed away, still student, 
And uh, I remember, you know, at some point after, after the the funeral and and all the stuff, um, and maybe even like years later, we were kind of reflecting on how strong she was and how strong I was in my own way, but like how different our idea of strong was, and and you know, like we're different people. And even though we went through a lot of similar experiences, we're, we went through them in different ways. We processed them in different ways and we had different forms of strength. Right. But we had a conversation one time about how she, she was like, what if I don't want to be strong? Like, what if there's just no more swim left in you? And I have absolutely felt that I have felt like I have nothing left in the tank for sure. And I think there's times when we have to just find something um, that helps us feel like we're able to catch a breath. And, you know, for me, I can tell you with all this stuff over the last couple of years, um, sometimes coming home from dropping Zia off from her 5.30 a.m. school bus, you know, I pull into the garage, I close the door behind me and I'll just sit. It's an electric car. Don't worry about the fumes in the garage. I close the garage door behind me and I just sit in my car um, in the dark in the garage for like five minutes before I get out and like face the day. Sometimes um, I don't feel like facing the day. I know what's coming and I just don't feel like it, but I don't have a choice. Like I really feel like there are days you, you just have, you have to keep moving even when you don't have the strength. So that Five minutes, while it may not sound like much, sometimes that's all there is. That's all you're going to get. And so the mindset of saying, okay, I have this tiny pocket of time. I'm going to make the most of it. And, and even though this is technically stopping to gather myself, maybe some people would say, that's not keeping swimming. <laughs> you know, That's okay. That's your interpretation of just keep swimming. My interpretation of just keep swimming sometimes means stopping, gathering myself and my thoughts and, and pressing pause for just a minute. This to me is absolutely a form of keeping on of swimming. So I guess Sylvia, while I want to be an encourager, a big encourager, and drop all sorts of motivation around keeping on and just keep swimming, which I do think is a great theme. I think it's fair to acknowledge that you and you alone, you get to define what just keep swimming looks like for you. And anybody else listening out there is like, you get to define that you get to own that. And, and I think, you know, it's kind of looking back at the the three themes that we talked about today and how they work together. You know, it's it's sometimes you push yourself outside your comfort zone. Sometimes you end up there without um, <laughs> without without your say, right? Sometimes you end up outside your comfort zone without your permission. You just find yourself there and you have to deal with it. Um, and the second one is is realizing that you're not alone. That you know sometimes. I think one of the best ways to get through something is to put your story out there in a way that makes sense for you. If that's emailing a radio show, uh, podcast, like so be it. Um, if that's talking to, I don't know, who knows? You please, by all means, submit other formats and ways that people might. You know, for me, it's writing. A lot of it is writing. Um, doing the show is another one. My coffee doodles are another one. So finding tools 
um, where maybe you didn't see them before. Separating yourself from that so that you can look at it objectively, um, you know, the, and then understanding that you're not alone, and then and then just keep swimming. But understanding that that can mean anything you need it to mean, depending on where you're at. All right. So I think that those tie, those actually tie in beautifully. I called out the, the steps that I think they most closely align with, but you know, if you're not sure, like give the podcast a re-listen from episode one all the way through. And, um, you know, (laughs) I think, I think it's interesting how a lot of the, um, a lot of these themes, you know, like I love movie themes, um, but I think a lot of these themes tie together with those six steps. And I really think the overarching theme that ties these three together is perseverance. I think that we persevere no matter the circumstance we find ourselves in um, and persevering through change and hard stuff um, and, and, even defining what that looks like for ourselves, I think is a, a huge thing. All right. So let's get to the closer. I want, I want to say, if you want to reach out to me, go to the show link on my website, coffee with Jamie, dot com. Scroll down a little bit on that show page. You're going to see a big fat email button. Scroll a little further. You can see my social media links and a mailing address for folks like uh, my Twitter friend who sent me a fountain pen. <laughs> so if you write, please let me know in your message, if it's okay to share like Sylvia did, um, let me know how you'd like to be addressed like Sylvia did first name, last initial, uh, social media handle, initials, anonymous, whatever you prefer, let me know. That's how we'll do it. Um, I want to add the special note that this show is in no way to be construed or substituted as mental health counseling or any type of psychotherapy or medical advice. The information I offer is based on my very own life and work experiences. The purpose of Coffee with Jamie is to assist people in making life changes in their lives through supportive and uh, supportive guidance, hopefully a bit of inspiration. If you feel like you're in a crisis or you need professional help, I have left some information just for you in the show notes. So please go check those out. Um, You can support the show by listening or sharing. Um, If you want to share the show with friends or anyone you may think will find some value in it, please do. You can listen live each week on the Voice America Network. Next week is my final show of the season, and then we'll figure out what season two looks like and what the timing of that will be. I do believe there will be a season two. Um, But yeah, there's a, a link for that directly on the show page of coffeewithjamie.com as well. Uh, after, after the live broadcast, every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific time, the episodes are posted to other places that you listen to your favorite podcasts. And so if you want to listen to it there, um, I encourage you to do that. All right. So I want to say in closing of today's episode, be sure to come back and join me for another cup or two of coffee next week, our season closer. Um, we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about my last three uh, weeks of work, how I got unstuck from a really interesting situation and kept going, still going. All right. With that, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for joining me. And I look forward forward to catching you next week for episode 12 our coffee with jamie thank you
thank you for taking the time for Coffee with Jamie. Please join Jamie Finney again next Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time for another cup of discussion and wisdom on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.